Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. I'm Exciting David Pollock show. You know, six months ago, I think we've been on the air. Six months ago, I put together that show open and, and I wanted to, you know, sort of juxtapose English minor word, um, the being angry with the way things are, uh, with the uh, oblivious happiness of everything is awesome. That's why I don't sing, I'm just a radio host here, guys. Um, but the idea is I didn't want to create a dark show. I wanted to have an optimistic show where we can solve problems and talk about it. And But, man, every single week it seems I'm trending towards the being mad and not wanting to take it anymore versus the everything is awesome obliviousness. I'd like to end up with the everything is awesome obliviousness maybe um, after Trump is re-reelected uh, in 2024 – I'll start the show with Everything's Awesome. I'll probably play it for an hour straight um, and just dance. But um, <laughs> I don't want to be too Chris Mas- Matthews-esque here. But, um, man, <laughs> I don't know if you guys uh, saw this continuing resolution, and we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, we're going to talk about the continuing resolution. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. Um, we're certainly going to talk about Trump outside of the courthouse in New York this morning. Um, I want to tell you about my weekend real quick because you got, we only check in with each other once a week. So we have to, you know, how are the kids? How's life? Everything's good. Um, I had the opportunity to go to the G, uh, the GOP, um, or, the Orange County GOP Lincoln dinner over the weekend. Um, and I've been to a lot of political events and this one was particularly um, interesting and it was exciting. And um, I got to meet Sidon Et, uh, Simon Etaba. Uh, he's that Washington correspondent who always asks tough questions and they try to kick him out of the press corps because of it. What an awesome down-to-earth dude. When he was talking, he mentioned that he came to America for freedom. Um, and then when he asked questions, <laughs> they took away his press credentials. Um, I thought that was very interesting uh, to hear that perspective, and uh, we need to do better. Um, the, the keynote speaker of the evening um, was a Orlando Magic basketball player. Goes by the name of Jonathan Isaac. Uh, he was the sixth overall draft pick, I believe, in 2017. Excellent basketball player, but that's not why he was there. Um, other than to tower over me and make me feel short, uh, he was there because he was talking about. <laughs> okay, Gabe. <laughs> he was at. He was there to talk about his book, Why I Stand. And if you guys haven't checked out this book, Why I Stand, go Google it right now. Um, it's the story about when it was right around the time um, 
uh, you know, all the BLM, everything, and everybody was wearing BLM shirts and taking a knee. And um, Mr. Isaac decided that he wasn't going to take a knee. He was going to stand. They had this team meeting. He tells the story. And before the team meeting, um, he says, guys, I'm not going to do it. And his pastor was um, very influential in encouraging him to be strong and stand up for what he believes in. He wrote a book about it called Why I Stand. you got to check it out. He was the only player on his team not to take a knee. Um, They all wore um, George Floyd jerseys, and instead he wore his Orlando Magic jersey. Um, and he also has a great uh, clothing line, anti-woke clothing line called Unitas. So check out uh, Mr. Isaac. I was very, very impressed by him. I saw Wilton Simpson there, too. It was a great time. So good job, uh, Orange County GOP, on an awesome night. And thank you again to my friend Scotty for bringing me along. It was a great time. So that was my weekend. I hope you guys had a nice time. And I just want to get right into um, the news since we last spoke. Um, I'm sure you heard... Last Thursday, um, we lost Diane Feinstein, or Feinstein. I don't know which one you want to pronounce it either way. Um, technically, we lost her kind of a long time ago. She was back in the Senate, uh, kind of barely going along here. I'm not being insensitive. I'm just being honest. Uh, you know, um, she got sick, <laughs> and she came back. And, and look, she had a... Um, a tendency to make deals with Republicans. The Democrats actually wanted her gone more than the Republicans did. They were trying to replace her um, a while ago. Actually, her liberal critic critics uh, had an unsuccessful attempt to replace her. And, uh, you know, she's been serving since 1992. She was the oldest sitting U.S. senator. Um, they called her a passionate advocate for liberal priorities important to her state. Um, But like I said, she made deals with Republicans, and that's not acceptable, so they wanted to get rid of her. And she was quickly, very quickly replaced um, by my predicted nominee for the 2024 presidential race for the Democratic Party, Gavin Newsom. He replaced her with a woman named LaFonza Butler. Uh, She's the president of an organization called Emily's List. She'll be filling her seat. She is noted to be the third black woman ever to serve in the Senate, as well as the first openly LGBTQ person to represent California in the chamber. Um, Again, you know, they like to make sure they click a lot of boxes here. But the interesting thing is this woman apparently isn't even uh, living in California. She's registered to vote in Maryland. (laughs) She has an address in that state. Uh, registration records indicate she lives in a place called Silver Spring, which is in Maryland. And the mailing address is the same as her residential address. And she's been registered as a Democrat since September 12, 2022 in that state. Interesting how now she's going to be a state senator from California. But, hey, you know, whatever. We're just filling seats. It's no big deal. Um, if you didn't know, uh, Emily's List um, is an organization that um, basically promotes pro-abortion candidates. So you see abortion is still very important to the left, and they went all the way to Maryland to import a senator that believes strongly in abortion. So, you know, that happened. Uh, Also today, I'm I'm sure you heard on the SRN News update before the show, uh, I think you saw that President Trump was in New York City for his civil fraud trial. Um, interestingly enough, well, actually, you know what? <laughs> you want to hear the clips because he was on the news all day today. People just love hearing Trump. And you can hear his mood at the beginning of the day versus the end of the day. And I'm playing bull for you. Gabe, this is going to be cut six. This is Trump uh, right around lunchtime. He was pretty upset with the way things are going. 
Anybody that does business in New York State is crazy. When you have a radical left attorney general like Letitia James, who's a disgrace to our country, who got elected on the fact that she's going to take down President Trump, we're going to take him down, she knew nothing about it. But she got elected on that basis. And we have others likewise. Take a look at what's going on in Georgia. Take a look at Jack Smith. Take a look at these people. This is called election interference. And election worse interference. than that, really much worse than that. And you don't get much worse than election interference, especially when we're talking presidential election. So Trump, so Trump was pretty upset, so, as you can see here. And uh, you can cut that, Gabe. Uh, he's pretty upset. He was he he. There was a couple of clips like that where he was visibly angry, and, and on on the Twitter verse, Twitter X verse, you know, there's a lot of clips of people saying, "Yo, he's blowing his lid today." Um, interestingly enough, he had a big break. Apparently, anything that was before 2014, due to the statute of limitations, cannot be presented as evidence, which is like 80 percent of their evidence. Um, so that's interesting. So here's Trump at the end of the day, feeling a little bit more optimistic. Gabe, this is cut seven. Good. That last five minutes was outstanding <laughs> because the judge essentially conceded that the statute of limitations that uh, we won at the Court of Appeals is in effect. Therefore, about 80 percent of the case is over. I was going to come out and say that, as you know, we're not entitled to a jury, which is pretty unusual in the United States of America. So. Uh, I think it's very unfair that I don't have a jury, but uh, the judge's last statement was very fair. And if I read it right, I'll let perhaps one of the lawyers speak to it. You can cut it there, Gabe. So <laughs> I, I, I can't help but laugh at that clip because I watched all – I prepared all these clips for the show because I wasn't sure, you know, which one I was going to use. And I'm telling you, he was angry all day today. And then you get this one, he's like, meh, it was, it was a pretty good day. <laughs> Oh man, if you know if you're not entertained by Donald Trump, you're you just have no sense of humor. So I don't know if maybe it was a tactic to kind of pressure the judge to be a little bit more fair. Um, but it worked. I mean, he had a really good day in Trump. I mean, in, in court today. Um, so if you guys don't know, uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James, she sued Trump and three of his children, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric Ivanka's case, I believe, was dismissed, um, and other company executives in the Trump organization. Um, she's basically saying they perpetuated years of fraud, vastly overrepresenting both Trump's wealth and the values of many of the properties on his financial statements. You might recall there was a controversy about the way they valued Mar-a-Lago. Um, in Palm Beach, I think they said it was worth $18 million. Um, his next-door neighbor's shed is worth $40 million. So Mar-a-Lago is probably worth in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's very interesting um, the way that is happening. But he was really upset about that. So they're seeking $250 million in a slew of sanctions. Everyone thinks it's to take down Trump's ability to do business in New York. Um, I don't know why he wants to do business in New York after any of that. But anyhow, so there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out of New York. you got to pay attention to it. But the interesting thing that I want to share with you when he talks about election interference, and I know you guys at home are like, oh, it's another case where – and this is definitely what the liberals are saying. It's another case where Trump is committing fraud. He's such a bad guy. When Trump says it's election interference and he says the prosecutor's out to get him, uh, he's telling the truth. And if you don't believe me, listen to uh, Ms. James in her own words. Gabe, this is cut to. 
Running for attorney general because I will never this is be her afraid campaign ad in to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. I believe that this president is incompetent. I believe that this president is ill-equipped to serve in the highest office of this land. And I believe that he is an embarrassment to all that we stand for. He should be charged with obstructing justice. I believe that the president of these United States can be indicted for criminal offenses. And we would join with law enforcement and other attorneys general across this nation in removing this president from office. It's important that everyone understand that the days of Donald Trump are coming to an end. You hear that? This is the election she ran on. She ran on getting Trump. Not just her. Alvin Bragg did as well. Uh, Fannie Willis. All of these people said exactly what they were going to do when they got elected. And that was go after Trump. And that's exactly what they're doing. In criminal cases, in civil court, they're going after Trump. And you think it's because of fraud? Or do you think it's because they hate his guts? And the voters hate him too in those places. And they put people in power to target our political rivals in America. I've said it routinely again and again. I think this is something the Supreme Court inevitably is going to have to take a position on because we cannot let uh, rogue attorney generals, rogue prosecutors in all these different places harass presidents or even ex-presidents for political purposes. It has to come to an end eventually. I'm going to take a quick break. Um, and when I get back, we're going to talk more about the way Trump's assets um, were being valued. We're going to talk a little bit more about um, aging people um, in the House, uh, in the Senate. Um, and I'm going to be joined by a very special guest, Ms. Sherry Lund. So do not go anywhere. The David Pollack Show will be right back. Seems Florida is a popular place to live these days, but do you know who is not feeling the effects of limited home inventory? Bugs. That's right. As popular as Florida is for people, pests like it even more, which is why I recommend pest control, termite treatment, and fertilization from Protex. With over 40 years of experience, their fully licensed, bonded, and insured team utilize state-of-the-art products and techniques to maintain a pest-free home. But that's not all. They also provide the highest quality fertilization and pond management services so you can have a green yard and not a green pond. So if you want to keep your lawn on green and your home bug free. Call Protex today at 407-542-0044 or visit them online at protexlawn.com. That's P-R-O-T-E-X lawn.com. David Pollock here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. There, you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. Friends, like I do every week, I want to remind you uh, to go and get your Beard Vet coffee and other products. I Energy on the show is directly related uh, to the high-quality coffee that I get from BeardVet.com. A portion of the proceeds go to take care of veterans and those charities. So make sure you go to BeardVet.com, put in promo code DAVID, and you get 10% off. 
Who doesn't like 10% off in Bidenomics? I know you do. And if you like great coffee, you're going to find it there. So make sure you go to BeerVet.com. Welcome back. Uh, I'm joined now. Um, by Sherry Lund. She's a National Probate Reform Coalition leader. She's a businesswoman. Uh, she's a columnist. She had a recent column on uh, Fox News um, about her grandson in the Disney family and her experiences with probate. Um, I'm excited to have her on the show tonight. Uh, Ms. Lund, welcome to the David Pollack Show. Thank you, David, and thank you for inviting me to be on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. So tonight we're talking about a bunch of things, um, but we, I wanted to talk to you specifically um, about this case in New York. Have you been watching where Trump is now being accused of fraud and they're valuing his assets? Um, it, it seems they're having problems trying to value his assets, and they're trying to make the claim that his va- assets aren't worth what they are. And I know you have a lot of experience um, with probate and with assets being valued certain ways, and I was wondering if you had um, any thoughts on what was going on in New York today and with this uh, Trump potential civil fraud case. Well, there's no doubt that there are questions being asked from folks on both sides of the aisle on the legal issues with both President Trump and the Biden family, with more than enough media coverage. But what about the average everyday Americans not having their constitutional rights protected? And if courts can be either unfair or offer preferential treatment to someone with high profile status, then they can be unfair to regular people. And it seems If you're denied uh, due process, and due process means uh, trial by jury, then your rights are are being violated. So in this situation, from what I understand, um, you know, Trump's being denied a trial by jury, which is a direct violation of his rights. So if they can do it to a president, they can do it to any of us. And you have some experience with that as well through the probate world. And I go, I know, I know for my listeners, I tend to go on tangents sometimes on things that interest me. And this certainly interests me because um, we don't talk about it enough. I know because it's not the most uh, glamorous topic in probate. But um, what people don't know is that the way assets are distributed sometimes is is there's a lot of litigation and a lot of conflict surrounding that. You spent a lot of time um, dealing with that. Um, you want to talk about that a little for me? Sure. Our family was involved in the Arizona and California probate courts for over 13 and a half years. And what I saw happening was that from the beginning of the case, our case and others, and that's where I really got into the advocacy nationally, was that the the laws are completely ignored. Your constitutional rights and due process are completely ignored. Um, the judges have a pattern in practice, and I call it the playbook, where they immediately, if there are assets, especially if there are assets, um, will appoint court-appointed attorneys, court-appointed doctors, court-appointed guardians. Um, everyone's appointed by the court without giving that person due process, without even telling the person what their rights are. And so that was what I set out in 2010 and then again in 2023 to have SB 1291 uh, passed 
to protect people's rights and families' rights from the inception of the case because we should have a right to appoint our own attorneys. We should have a right to have our own doctors. Our own uh, directives should be followed. But even in probate court, what I find interesting with some of the things that are going on right now in Washington is it correlates with what we've been seeing in probate court is that the judges will, if, if they appoint a conservator or a guardian over the person, they'll immediately take the person's, their appointed trustees off of their trust, and the judge will appoint, I call it his buddies, his attorney buddies, to be the trustees, and then those attorneys will hire other attorneys and in most cases that we deal with, we see four to five people billing against an estate for no reason. There's no justification. So what's happening in probate court is that, and, and I, and probate court law is, is based on civil law, but people's rights are being totally ignored. The laws are being to- totally ignored. So when you look at what's happening in 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 Trump's case, Biden, everything that's going on in our in our government right now, all these stories that are coming out, and then when you see that people are being denied their their uh, rights, and they're a former president, I think we should all be concerned, very concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've talked about that a lot on this show about how, you know, Trump is president of the United States and we especially and, and they're going after him. We especially talked about this um, with respect to the Fulton County Rico um, cases brought against 18 other co-defendants. And some of these people were not even in Trump's orbit. They were just swept up sort of, I guess, looking for people to convict. And there's people without resources to fight their cases. And, and certainly um, what you do in the probate world and what happens in some of these places, it highlights access to justice. And um, it's not always a fair system, especially when you're starting to deal with probate and, and aged people. Um, because a lot of times they're subject to families who have an interest uh, in their property. Um, and speaking of that, um, and I'm sure you saw in, or heard in the opening about um, Senator Feinstein um, that she yeah. passed on on Thursday. And, you know, she was the oldest member of the Senate. And but, you know, we have President Biden. And if you look just six months you could see his continual decline, which is why I believe he's not going to be running for president, but we'll see what happens there. But and then you even look at Mitch McConnell, his freezing moments. And, you know, the Politico uh, wrote this really interesting article. It was titled Feinstein's Demise is a Warning for Biden and Trump. Why are we so surprised when elderly politicians kick the bucket? His title, not mine. Um, but the article is very interesting. It's written by Alexander Burns. Um, and he goes on to talk about how this idea that some of these politicians or at least the people in the orbits feel like they're immortal because they're serving for so long um, in these capacities. But Feinstein or Feinstein's death sort of highlights um, how, you know, at this point, um, you know, that death is a part of life for people even in the Senate or the White House when you get to a certain age. What's your thought on you know, whether it be term limits or what, what's your thought about people hitting a certain age, I guess, um, and and still serving in government? Is there a point in which, you know, we should start becoming concerned? Because if in your experience with what you do, um, older people or elderly people, especially who are not all 
you know, cognitively intact can be taken advantage of, especially in the case of Joe Biden. I have concerns. What's your thoughts on all of that? Well, I think as we saw when Senator Feinstein was um, about to vote, she got distracted and she had to be told how to vote and what to vote and say yes, whatever. Um, I, I have very big concerns with this because I think that we should have some form of term limits, whether it's two four-year sessions or um, or whatever. But I think when it gets to a certain point, we know that people are going to be susceptible in their late 70s, um, some sooner, some in their 40s are susceptible to dementia and Alzheimer's. But when my question would be to the Senate and Congress is when you see these things happening, you know, we're the public sitting out here looking at what's going on and wondering why someone isn't taking the initiative to remove them from office and put someone in who is competent. And that's my concern is that I don't think that we're really getting the protection from the Senate and the Congress that we should when it comes to people not being competent to serve. Um, there should be an automatic, you know, removal when you see that there are cogni- cognitive uh, questions. They should be um, tested, evaluated, and then things should be handled in a expeditiously way because we're, we're the public. We're watching. And what I've been seeing is not acceptable. And as far as Senator Feinstein, you know, she was a trooper. She was an amazing woman. She, you know, she still wanted to give back to her country. And I admire her for that. But I think her time was up a long time ago and something should have been done. So I think it's, you know, we should put the vote out there. I think it should be something that should be a vote. But um, as far as the, you know, as our, um, her condition was, you know, near the end of her tenure in the United States Senate brings up several issues. Um, But tying this back to the average Americans and voters in the case of these lawmakers, um, they're making decisions that impact the entire nation. And they have questionable cognitive ability. And yet, ironically, in many states, average uh, Americans are losing their estates in probate court because attorneys and fiduciary board members and judges do not follow the law. So we've got judges in the probate court finding people incompetent who have tested and have been evaluated to be competent and their freedom and their assets are taken away. And I don't think the public understands that once you're appointed a guardian, you lose all of your rights, every right you have, your right to decide where you have dinner, where you live, yeah. if you, you cannot drive, you can't vote, um, who you see whether you live or not. Um, they have the right to put people on DNR lists. Yeah, it's certainly important to pay attention. I don't think the public really, really realizes how serious the problems are, and yet we see our lawmakers in Washington allowing incompetency in our 
you know, in our Senate and Congress. Absolutely. I got to take a, I got to take a hard break. Um, Sherry Lund, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights on talking about the probate, bringing awareness to it. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, don't go anywhere. The David Pollack Show will be right back. With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. Are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultants specializes in citizens' insurance packages and replacement cost appraisals, so you can get bound quickly, easily, and accurately. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than you need. Work with a company that respects your time and budget as much as you do. Visit online at FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. That's FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. Welcome back to the David Pollack Show. Uh, shout out to the co-host of uh, the David Pollack Show post show Twitter X Spaces, Lou. She's out there texting me, harassing me on the radio. Um, if you guys don't go to the uh, David Pollack show, post show, uh, Twitter X spaces, you are missing out on like four hours of post show content. A lot of times with our guests from our show or with other guests from across the Twitterverse, um, very interesting people that um, share things that you don't get to hear anywhere else. So you need to go to Twitter X and go to my handle at the Pollock show. That's at the Pollock show and come join our Twitter, our post show spaces. They start at 830 Eastern. Um, and we have a great time. And uh, my co-host, Monica Matthews and Lou, um, they do an amazing job, too. So shout out to Lou. And um, let's get right back to it. Um, actually, let's do some more business real quick. Why not, right? Um, I got to tell you guys uh, about something. Um, I, I, I've spoke about it. Um, I've had Brandon Strzok on the phone. Um, I told you about the uh, GOP Lincoln dinner that I went to over the weekend. It was a lot of fun. But I'm going to tell you to an event that I'm looking forward to in November 10th through 12th. Um, it's called Walkacon. Um, I call it Strakacon. But um, it's going to be a fantastic three-day event down in West Palm Beach at the Airport Hilton there. Um, on Friday night, there's an extravaganza of speakers, um, including uh, Laura Trump and others. And on Saturday, there's a comedy roast with a lot of the nation's leading comedians. Um, they're going to be roasting Brandon Strzok. It'll be a ton of fun. And then on Sunday, there's a brunch with Carrie Lake um, and a book signing. So it's not going to be a stuffy political event. There's going to be a rally on Saturday that's free. Tickets, if you want to go, are affordable. Um, so I recommend it. And if you do want to go to WakaCon, November 10th through 12th, I will be there. Come say hi to me um, and use promo code DAVID, and you'll get 10% off. Again, who doesn't like saving money in the world of Bidenomics? We all need to save money. So let's get right back into it, right? The main event for tonight— I, Put it on the promos, what I wanted to talk about. 
Uh, we're talking about, and I love this title, we're talking about the Republican surrender in the Battle of Washington. We're talking about the B word. That's right, bipartisan. The bipartisan deal that Kevin McCarthy made with Democrats to keep the lights on in Washington for 45 days while they figure out spending. Mind you, they've had eight months to figure it out, but you can expect serious progress over the next 45 days, right? (laughs) But I don't think it's going to be the progress you're hoping for because uh, since the dramatic election of Kevin McCarthy as speaker, uh, he hasn't really uh, lived up to the promises he struck with the conservative wing of the Republican Party, has he? Instead, he seems much more interested in compromising with Democrats. You saw it with the debt ceiling, remember? Instead of a debt ceiling, we got no debt ceiling at all. We got an unlimited Black American Express card that you can go and get your NetJet and fly. NetJet is not a sponsor, but they can be. Um, And fly all over the country or the world. You got one of those. No debt ceiling now, guys. We can spend as many trillions as we want. Send all that money to Ukraine. Uh, you didn't see any anything done with J6 prisoners. We haven't seen the tapes, have we? Nope. Uh, we haven't got a balanced budget. Nope. Uh, let's see. Border security. Nothing. Uh, DOJ, um, DOJ reform. Abuse reform? Nope. We didn't get anything with the DOJ. We have, we're actually funding them now with this 45-day CR. Uh, we've got nothing. <laughs> Conservative has just gotten used to getting nothing. Americans have gotten used to getting nothing. It's been a year since Republicans took control of the House and what's changed. Are your gas prices any cheaper? Is the economy improving? Is inflation slowing? Are supply chains restored? Is the world any safer? Is the border any more secured? Kevin McCarthy seems to think so. He's touting the Parents' Bill of Rights, work requirements for welfare, and and, and permitting reform. You know, here's the thing. (laughs) Uh, Americans are waking up. We're getting smarter, right? We know when we're not getting what we're being promised. We're not buying it anymore. But I know, I know, I know, I know. Wait, 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 David, 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 we only have one branch of government. And the House is only one part of that. They, the Democrats control the Senate and the White House. They can't do anything unless we compromise with them. We can't, we can't get anything done unless we compromise. At least that's what Kevin McCarthy thinks. That's what all of the people coming to his aid, and I'm going to talk about this in a few minutes, think. They think that, that you know, eh, you know we, have to, we have to do deals with Democrats or else we're not going to get anything done. When have the Democrats ever worked with Republicans when they're in charge? Do you think they compromise? Do they ever say the B word? The only time they use the B word, bipartisan, is when they get something from us, even though they're in the majority. They use the B word to spike the football and say, hey, guys, we did something that America hates, but it was bipartisan. Remember the infrastructure deal? They couldn't say the word bipartisan enough. The bipartisan infrastructure deal. The bipartisan bill for Ukraine money. The everything that stinks that you hate the Democrats call bipartisan. But anything they need done when they're in the majority, they don't care if the Republicans control the Senate. They don't care if Trump's in the White House. Democrats don't compromise. Under Nancy Pelosi, the House stuck together. They used their power to accomplish all of their agendas. They even get creative and figure out ways to do it. Reconciliation or whatever needs to be done. Democrats are better than Republicans at getting things done. I mean... What has McCarthy done to be effective other than strike deals with Democrats? 
And, and this is the thing. <laughs> Democrats, for the most part, share the same enemies as the Republicans do, at least as the what you're calling rhinos, which I call the establishment of the Republican Party. They have the same adversaries. They hate Trump and they hate Trump supporters. So, yeah, why wouldn't they do deals with Democrats? They're fighting the same enemy. And this is what happens. So Republicans were fractured. We're not homogenous like the Democrats are. But the thing is, if we're going to advance the things that are important to America, the things that will make your energy prices go down, the things that will make the border more secure, if we're going to stop sending money to Ukraine, we're going to have to stick together to get it done. Why is it the Republicans' responsibility to worry if the Senate doesn't accept what we send them? Shouldn't we, and, and Matt Gates says this, and I'm going to get to this in a minute. Um, he spoke brilliantly on, I think it was Face, Face the Nation or whatever that show is. I'm going to talk about it here in just a minute. Um, but he brings up all of this stuff. It's not, it's not on the Republicans to figure out a bill that they think the Senate's going to pass. What we do is we pass the bill we want, let the Senate fight over it. If there's going to be a shutdown, it's not a Republican shutdown. It's a Democrat shutdown because they didn't accept the House's budget. If the president doesn't sign the budget, well, then it's the Biden shutdown. Why are the Rep I said this last week, and I knew this would happen. Why are the Republicans so afraid of pushing back on false narratives? Why do they stink at branding? Pass the budget that the public wants, the people want. Stop making deals with Democrats. Let Democrats figure it out in the Senate. Let Biden figure it out. He's out there spiking the football, too. Oh, Kevin McCarthy got it done on the deal we made. And, and of course, they're, they're touting the bipart in a bipartisan way we didn't shut down the government. They would have been left holding the bag if we would have sent them the budget we wanted to, and they would have shut down the government. So, yeah, I, I'm mad, and I'm not going to take it anymore, right, like at the beginning of the show. I want to hope that everything's awesome, but it's not. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to play uh here's Matt Gates. Uh it's kind of a long clip so I'm going to stop it, start it and kind of give you some um some of my comments as we go because he says some great things here. Um and then I also guys, um I don't have any guests lined up unless I get a surprise guest in the end of the show. Uh, Corey Mills was going to be on the show, but he is on the house floor fighting for you right now, so he might not be able to make it. So I'm going to open up the phones which I always forget to do. Um, and that's 407-774-8255. So if you want to call and be part of the show today, 407-774-8255. Uh, um, so, uh, Gabe, this is going to be cut one. Let's go ahead and kick it off. Let's hear uh, Matt, because Matt Gates was spot on in this. So has been Corey Mills, by the way, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But go ahead, Gabe, take cut one. Until that gets up. There it goes. Cut one. <laughs> Speaker McCarthy made an agreement with House conservatives in January. And since then, he has been in brazen, repeated material breach of that agreement. Uh, this agreement that he made with Democrats uh, to really blow past a lot of the spending guardrails we had set up is a last straw. And then overnight, I learned that Kevin McCarthy had a secret deal with Democrats on Ukraine. So he's talking about him being upset about this uh, deal um, that apparently you guys didn't realize. Uh, Kevin McCarthy made a behind-closed-doors deal with Democrats to send more money to Ukraine. 
Do you know that? We've already sent, I think, over $40 billion to Ukraine, and now we're going to send more money uh, to Ukraine. So, um, yeah, so that happened. And then I'm going to continue there uh, with, with Congressman Gates, Gabe. So as he was baiting Republicans to vote for a continuing resolution without Ukraine money, saying that we were going to jam the Senate on Ukraine, he then turns around and makes a secret deal. Now, I know you and I probably have different views on U.S. involvement in Ukraine, but however you think about that question, it should be subject to open review analysis and not some backroom deal. So, so I do motion intend, to vacate tomorrow? I do intend to file a motion to vacate against Speaker McCarthy this week. I think we need to this rip week. off the Band-Aid. I think we need to move on with new leadership that can be trustworthy. Look, the one thing everybody has in common is that nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. And the reason we were backed up against the shutdown politics is not a bug of the system. It's a feature. Kevin McCarthy's goal was to make multiple contradictory promises to delay everything, back us up against shutdown politics, and at the end of the day, blow past the spending guardrails he'd agree. So let's talk you about what So now Matt Gates is going to do a motion to vacate. Now, this is something that was – do you remember um, during the fight where they were trying to um, – like one of the last issues that they were sticking over was how many votes it would take um, to vacate the chair. This was why. Now you only need one vote for a motion to vacate. And the point here is and what Matt Gates is going to do is basically say, uh, House Speaker McCarthy, you didn't honor your commitments to us when we gave you our votes. And so now I'm going to make the motion to vacate the chair. Um, so it's really interesting now that he's being able to use that. Now, Kevin McCarthy um, he's almost indignant about it. He's like, I'm not worried about Matt Gates. Um, <laughs> so he's out there, and this is cut three, Gabe. If you can click over to it, super quick. Um, Matt, Matt uh, Kevin McCarthy's not afraid of Matt Gates, and listen Congress to the way he sounds. Go ahead. Matt Gates, who says he's going to uh, seek a motion to vacate, he's going to try to oust you, a Speaker of the House. Well, that, that's nothing new. He's tried to do that from the moment I ran for yeah, office. You hear that? Look. Well, this time he says he's going to keep going. May not get there before the 15th ballot, but it took 15 for Kevin McCarthy. He uh, says he's coming for you. Can you survive? Yes, I'll survive. You know, this is personal with Matt. Matt voted against the most conservative ability to um, protect our border, secure our border. He's more interested in securing TV interviews than doing something. He wanted to push us into a shutdown, even threatening his own district with all the military people there who would not be paid only because he wants to take this motion. So be it. Bring it on. Let's get over with it and let's start governing. If he's upset because he tried to push us in a shutdown and I made sure government didn't shut down, then let's have that fight. So much to unpack there. The most important thing is how come these guys always sound like supervillains? Like I can just hear Kevin McCarthy in like Batman 14, uh, you know, hashing out his grand plan to take over a world. You know, they, why do they always sound like that? Mitt Romney sounds like a villain. All these people sound like villains. But no, but seriously, um, you hear what he said there? He had the opportunity to have these conservative priorities. Do you know they kept dangling that in front of these conservative congressmen? Oh, if you don't pass, you know, we're going to give you border security and we're going to do all these things for you. And then what do they do? They make a deal with Democrats and they take it all out. And then they blame the conservatives for pushing it. They took it away from the American people, not from Congressman Gates, Kevin McCarthy. It's so incredible that they are, they're willing to fight conservatives harder than they're willing to fight Democrats. 
it, it just makes me so mad. Um, I'm gonna get more. I'm gonna get back to uh, what Gates is saying here in just a second. I gotta take a quick break, but then when I get back from the from the quick break, I'm gonna go to the phone super quick because I got some callers and we want to get their comments. So uh, don't go anywhere. The David Pollock Show will be right back. I'm feeling glad I got Business sunshine. owners, are you sick of dealing with those big-name telecommunications companies that leave you frustrated with terrible customer service and then lock you into long-term contracts? That's why I want to introduce you to my friends over at Public Telephone Company. They are an industry-leading VOIP provider offering all-in-one business communication solutions that are completely contract-free with competitive pricing. But perhaps the best part, they're all about supporting their customers with U.S.-based customer service, and they're always willing to go the extra mile. Don't let your phone company drive you mad. Call Public Telephone Company today at 877-314-4080 or visit them at publictelephonecompany.com. That's publictelephonecompany.com. Hey friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to Tell him David sent you. Are we back? <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to the David Pollock Show. I don't know why all the troll songs are coming on today. It's like the third troll soundtrack song. But um hey. You know, whatever. We're doing a Trolls Day here on the David Pollock Show. Um, real quick, I want I know you guys heard um, the Floridian Property Consultants ad at the breaks, but I want to do a special call out here because um, I don't know if you guys have realized how difficult I'm, I'm sure you have. Because while Ron DeSantis is running for president all over the country, the insurance market in Florida is going crazy. Um, I even have, I think, citizens coming to my house tomorrow to do an inspection. Uh, to I'm worried. <laughs> I just know they're going to want to find something to either raise my rates or cancel me because citizens can't cancel people. So they'll probably double my rates. They'll say, you have a pipe from two years ago and we're going to raise your rates to $20,000 a year, sir. Um, But the most important thing you can do um, is get uh, inspections, especially if you have commercial properties, you have to get appraisals um, and inspection to make sure you're getting the best rate so you're not getting ripped off. So in order to do that, you absolutely have to call my friends at Floridian property consultants and get yourself an inspection to make sure that you're getting the best rates and not getting ripped off by your insurance company. Because in this market, who can afford it? Biondomics, right? So I want to go to the phones real quick. Carlos is on the line. You want to talk about the continuing resolution. Carlos, welcome to the David Pollock Show. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, man? Yeah, you know, it's just, it's so frustrating. I, 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 I really can't understand, like, when the hell are the Republicans when they're even in power, grow a pair of balls, you know, like what is going on in this nation? Like we, we, you know, like it, we have no backbone. We don't back our own people. Like this, even like this guy, like, like you were saying earlier, like we have people that, you know, these the Democrats, they, they, they cover their own, their own, whether they're 
no matter what. Like this guy Bowman, the fire alarm guy. Oh. Like if that, if that was a Republican, he'd be in Guantanamo right now. You know what I mean? Like. You know what, Carlos? Let's talk about that. I, I forgot. Let's let's talk about this right now. This is going to be funny. So yeah. So if you guys haven't been paying attention, uh, this week there was an insurrection on the Capitol that Carlos yeah. just mentioned. The insurrection. Uh, happened during that continuing resolution vote. A congressman, he's known as being a socialist communist from uh, a socialist congressman from New York. I'm like con- communist. He is a communist. I think he was like a principal. He was a principal of the school. Even yes. So he's listen, like Jamal Brown. This is what he does. He goes. And- Bowman. I thought it was Bowman. I thought. It was- oh, Bowman. Bowman. Jamal Bowman. Jamal Bowman goes to a fire alarm and pulls it. Uh, and <laughs> he says he was rushing to make his vote. He came to a door, and it's usually open for votes, but today it wouldn't yeah. open. I'm embarrassed to admit that I activated a fire to... alarm, right? Yeah. He wants to be very clear. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. Yeah. And they have them on video. It's just, like, ridiculous. And the Democrats are back, you know, coming out of the woodwork to back this guy. And, and, and you know if that was Republican, he'd be, like, in freaking jail. In a, they would have shipped him off to Guantanamo already. Like, this is ridiculous. Our, the Republicans in this, I swear, they, they, AOC, the other, when Byron, even when Byron Donald, those they lie. So, when Byron Donald recently was like up there uh, bringing up the text messages from Hunter Biden, like, uh, AOC is basically saying, oh, it's a lie. It's out of context. Here's the rest of the text message. Yeah, you read the text message, it, it, it confirms what he says. Yeah. But there's like, these people will come out and, to protect their own lie, manipulate, uh, back criminals, uh, elect people with mental disorders, and back them to the to the nth degree. So we we want it. We 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 go after our own. Like uh, you know, yeah. I hope I hope I hope every congressman sees Matt Gates right now and they help and they go and they and they stand up for him because this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, I agree with you and I think a lot of people agree with you as well. Carlos, thank you so much for calling in. And thanks for listening. No yeah, um what Carlos is saying is is true and he talk about going after their own. Uh here he, and, and this is gonna disappoint you guys what I'm about to read to you. Um here's Newt Gingrich, right? And this is what they're saying about Matt. Now Matt Gates He's speaking up for a lot of people that are upset, right? He's he's irritated, rightfully so. Um, but not just Matt Gates. Now, but here's what they're saying about him, okay? Newt Gingrich, who I used to think was the smartest person in Washington. Here's what Matt Gingrich, Newt Gingrich is saying. The effort to expel Matt Gates for being a destructive, irresponsible, anti-Republican may be a step too far. Expulsion from the House requires a two-thirds vote. However, expelling him from the House Republican Conference, eliminating all of his committee assignments and all resources other than those individual members are entitled to would be a rational response to his suicidal efforts to cripple the House GOP. Wow. Right. Here's Newt Gingrich again. Is Gates secretly an agent for the Democratic Party? No one else is doing as much to undermine, weaken and cripple the House GOP. Guys, what has Matt Gates done other than force Kevin McCarthy to do the things that he promised he would do? This is what happens if you try to stand up for your constituents. We're the ones who have to pay the bill for your 33 plus trillion dollars in spending. All they were asking for. All they were asking for 
is single subject spending bills. All they were asking for is that we go to pre-COVID spending. And they're acting like he's staging a revolution. Jamal Bowman pulls a fire alarm and they want to kick Gates out of the house. I mean, that's the situation, guys. This is what we're dealing with. This is Washington, D.C. Now, here's your own uh, seat. And I broadcast in Orlando, Florida. And this is our congressman in CD7, Corey Mills. Here's what he had to say. And again, he's fighting for you as well. Um, Abe, this is going to be cut five. next 10 years, meaning that next year we're going to be looking at around $700 billion just to service our interest. That's the equivalent of a DOD appropriation bill every single year just to service interest rates. Florida Congressman Corey Mills voted no on both funding bills. That was a preview to the end. And he joins us now <laughs> to explain why. Ride. So tell us why. And good morning. <laughs> good morning. Well, the biggest thing is, is that everyone wants to try and think that we can cut our way to prosperity. You know, the reality is, is that of every dollar that we borrow, 67 cents goes just towards our mandatory spending. These are the things like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. And at our current spending levels that we're at right now, you've got about $633 billion in interest that we will pay this year alone. That's about 10 cents of that dollar. So what we're really talking about arguing over is that additional 23 cents that we have there, of which 14 cents of that dollar goes towards our military, which I think everyone can agree, given the geopolitical alignments of Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, and the threats abroad, we want a strong military as that peace through strength deterrency. But the issue is, is that you've heard nothing from any lawmakers on the left or right about really tackling our GDP to national debt ratio, nothing on economic growth strategies, nothing on the idea that we're going to actually be able to put things in place like H.R. 1, our low-cost energy act that the House passed back in February, March timeframe that the Senate refuses to take up. So we're continuing to go ahead and increase. We're spending at a rate of about $7 trillion a year while taking in only about $5 trillion in actual revenue. As a former business owner, it's simple math. Our account receivables cannot be less than our account payables. If you are, you're insolvent. And that's what we're doing as a nation. So as we create these new dollars, you're also increasing inflation, which thereby also is the invisible tax that is eliminating our middle class. So there's a lot to unpack in that. Well, I got a question for you, Congressman. I, in principle, there, I absolutely agree with you. I, but, I believe that we should be fiscal. But this doesn't sound radical, does it? This, this doesn't sound like what Joe Biden is calling the radical MAGA left, like a rebel. Congressman Mills sounds perfectly reasonable to me. What he's saying is these deals are bad for America. And just by saying that you want something better for America, you should be expelled or have all your things stripped from you, according to former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. This is where we are, guys. We have conservatives, and then we have Republicans. You call them rhinos. They're just Republicans. But the thing is, the conservatives are the ones who Americans are putting into office because they're sick of what the Republicans are doing. The CR is another example. When are they going to start paying attention to what we need? I'll tell you when. When Donald Trump is reelected. Because when he's reelected, he's going to force the Republicans to act like conservatives. Or if not, he's going to go and support people who are actual real conservatives. Because this has to stop. We can't just keep spending money like like it's just it's coming out of nowhere. Inflation's going to continue to rise. This we're going to have to pay these debts eventually. And if you consider the fact that the BRIC nations are trying to no longer use the dollar, 
this is going to be hard for us to pay our bills back if we just can't simply go to China or some of our, our neighbors and say, hey, will you pay our, pay our bills? It's like it's like a kid who's finally getting kicked out of their parents' house and they're going to have to get a job on their own. That's going to happen to America. Man, we're going to be sleeping in some basement somewhere as a nation if we don't get our spending under control. So I don't think that's a radical position. Guys, I'm getting to the end of the show again. Uh, it's been another exciting show. If you want to hear more, we're continuing this discussion um, on my post-show Twitter space, at The Pollock Show on Twitter X. Go check it out. Um, Shaw was on the line. He wanted to talk about what's needing new leadership in the House. I appreciate you calling, and I agree with you. Um, please call next week and keep listening, and I appreciate you. Um, yeah, we do need new leadership because we can't continue to operate at this rate. The American people want better, and it's not a Republican or a Democrat thing. It's an American thing. We have to start listening to the people who elect you, right? I don't think that's too much to ask for, and I don't think that's a radical position. Join us next week. Same time, same place. Uh, We'll see what happens next time. Who knows? Um, We'll fill you in on everything you missed. Um, And as always, you can go to thedavidpollockshow.com to watch this episode and all past episodes. Um, And uh, you can go and visit our sponsors who pay for our show so you get to listen to me live every week. So thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.